Today on the Evangelist Podcast, we hear from Rico Tice about his new book, Capturing God. The Evangelist's Podcast. Encouragement to speak life to a needy world. With Glenn Scrivener and Andy Brinkley. Welcome back to the Evangelist Podcast. This is the show where we seek to encourage you in your Christian walk and help you to share the good news about Jesus. I'm Andy Brinkley and my co-host, Glenn Scrivener, is actually away this week in Birmingham. He's helping the Christian Union doing their missions week. Um, He's doing talks roughly three times a day, so it's quite intense. Um, I'm sure he'd value your prayers if you're listening to this before the 3rd of February. Uh, He says it's going well. Anyway, he is here in one sense uh, because we've pre-recorded an interview with Rico Tice. Uh, Rico Tice has written a new book called Capturing God. Uh, This is uh, a small evangelistic book you can get to give out to your work colleagues or neighbour or family member, etc. I've I've got some uh, endorsements here, which is on the back cover. It says Extraordinary, His Best Book Yet by Michael Horton. Ever read a book so gripping you can't put it down? This is one of them. That's Becky Manley Pippet. And Terry Virgo says, a book that will fascinate you. And the blurb on the back says, imagine being offered one photograph that captured the essence of God. Imagine that this picture would shock you, shake you and change you forever. Would you look at it? So uh, anyway, it's available from the Good Book Company and uh, we'll have a link for you on the page for this podcast episode and uh, and I'm sure that uh, you'll be able to find it if you uh, just search for it on the internet. Actually, Glenn also has a, a book coming out uh, at Easter. It's going to be called Love Story. Um, so that's going to be available from 10ofthose.com. But it's, uh, it's coming soon. Watch out for it. So here's Glenn Scrivener talking to Rico Tice. On the line, we've got Rico Tice. Thanks for joining us on the Evangelist Podcast. Thank you very much. Lovely to be here. Brilliant. Now, really you, nice fantastic. You've you've written uh, a great book on evangelism uh, called "Honest Evangelism." Um, that's a, that's an interesting adjective to choose. Um, is there dishonest evangelism that's going on? Yeah, absolutely, Glenn. I mean, and particularly as the culture hardens in some areas to Christian faith, the temptation is to say that which will not create hostility. Mm. And the truth is about the gospel message is that it is telling us that in God's world, we are not owners, we're tenants. Mm. And that the owner is going to come and ask us, do you know me and have you heard your sin forgiven? Mm. Now, can I tell you, that is conflict. And there's a lot of evangelism that I look at, which, you know, avoids that conflict by avoiding telling the truth. So, you know, there are bits of evangelism that are fundamentally, oh, Lord, my life is empty, fill me. Mm-hmm. whilst the real gospel is, oh, Lord, I'm an offense to you, rescue me. Mm-hmm. And what I have to do is cross the pain line and articulate to people that we are rebels in God's world. Uh, you know, we're, we're, we're not just victims. And, and I look around and I see lots of people avoiding saying the tough stuff. Mm. Yeah. And when did you realize that you were going to be a different kind of evangelist? When did, when did, you, just, did, did you decide that you were going to confront lovingly where things needed to be confronted? Well, brother, do you know, I think it's coming from a non-Christian home. Yeah. I mean, I, I've buried members of the family who, now they're in God's hands. Mm. I'm not the judge as to where they've gone. But they died saying, I'm a good person. God will accept me because I'm good. Mm. And I think that 
their experience of church, which in some places is pretty minimal, affirmed that salvation by being good. That's what the British are. You know, I'm a decent man. God looks at me because I'm decent. Oh, vicar, he never heard a fly. That's what you hear at the funeral. Mm-hmm. By which they mean, of course, God will accept him because this is the criteria by which he does decency. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. I, think it, I think it's that experience of seeing a non-Christian family misinformed and then going before God without having had the truth clearly preached that, that of course, you know, makes this quite a deep-seated desire to get the truth out. Yes. Now, you you split your time between All Souls, Langham Place, and Christianity Explored, and you're, you're very much an, an upfront evangelist. How, how does that translate for... Okay, I've I've got my job. I'm an accountant. I commute into work. Um, I've got my non-Christian friends. Um, I am aware of these eternal realities, and that there does need to be this confrontation kind of thing. But day by day, I've I'm a good friend to them, and day by day, I I need to be a good work colleague and do my job well. Uh, how how do you put together just the ongoing life of loving our friends around us and our neighbours and our family, and the need at some point to make that confrontation? Yeah, I mean, I I always say to people, it's four steps. I mean, Mm. I'm always saying this. I'm saying the first step is to celebrate people. So Mm. Genesis Mm. 1, they're made in God's image, 27, 28. Celebrate them, and you do that by asking questions. Mm. You know, the world doesn't really bother with people. We do by asking questions. Secondly, serve them. Mm. Ask them what's their biggest pressure. So there's a sense in which you you can get to with people, you know, um, uh, may they... Though they speak against you, they see your good deeds and glorify your Father in heaven. So they, they don't know what to make of you. They like what you do, and yet they don't like that there's Christian stuff there, but they're drawn to it. Mm. And that's where I think what's on the service, where Talking Jesus, the survey, has been amazing. 67% of people in this country have a Christian friend they like. Yeah. So we are doing a great job in serving. I mean, look at my church family. They're working so hard at it. Mm-hmm. But thirdly, cross the pain line. Ask a question. Mm-hmm. Now, the easiest question to ask in terms of putting the Christian faith on the agenda is, do you celebrate Christmas? Okay, yeah. Would, would you come along to do that? That's still culturally acceptable. But as you get to know people, what is the question that actually crosses the pain line, and it might get hunger, and it might get hostility? Right. And you, you need to work that one out, and then ask for boldness and courage to, to say it. But as you say it, Remember, your identity is in the gospel, so whether they accept or reject you doesn't make you more valuable. What makes you valuable is the gospel. Mm-hmm. So celebrate them, serve them, ask the question that could be tricky. You might get rejected. But number four, exit. Right. So I think in Matthew 10, where it says, wipe the dust off your feet, it means if they go quiet, you go quiet. So that's what happens. Mm-hmm. You ask people to something, do you want to come along at Christmas? They say nothing. Mm-hmm. Well, if they say nothing, you say nothing mm-hmm. and just change the subject. Yeah. But if they go, well, I, I might be able to make it. Or, you know, if they start talking, you keep asking questions. Yes. yes. So I think whether, whether I'm an evangelist on the street or, um, you know, just getting to know my street or you're an accountant at work, those four steps, I think, are mm-hmm. crucial. Yes. Celebrate them, serve them, ask the question, and then exit if, they, if mm. they're just aggressive or keep asking. Yes. And I guess by exit, you kind of go back to one and two, go back to celebrating you, and serving. Absolutely. And, yeah. You go back to celebrating and serving and then praying. Right. So I mean, the other day with a neighbor, I said to him, would you like, we're coming back from the swings. I said, do you want to look at the Bible with me? And he went, no. 
<laughs> yeah, <laughs> no, yeah, yeah, yeah. It's good to that hear was... you say you strike out, Rico. It's great to yeah, yeah, I'm yeah. absolutely. <laughs> hoping, you know, it's, it's gone, and uh, yeah. you know, so that's what that's what happened. But that's but that's all right, isn't it? You know, that's yeah. Know, no, nobody, yeah. No, nobody got hurt. No, you. I mean, brother. You know, my job is to give them the opportunity. It's not the results. Yes, the results belong to God. But I mean, I'm praying for him and enjoying him. Uh, they've just had a, another child, and we're going to the swings on um, Saturday morning together. And you know. Uh, this guy's dad has died recently, so I, I might be, you know, I'm praying and seeing, yeah. seeing where he is. But I've given him the opportunity, yeah, and that's what I'll do. That's planted a and there's a lot well. of rejection. I mean, you know, yes. we know that of the 67% of people in this country who've got a Christian friend they, that likes them, mm. of that, one in five, 20% of that 67% are hungry, which means four in five are going to be rejecting you yeah. when you ask things spiritually. But it means 7.2 million people are hungry, yeah. but you don't know which one of your five friends that's going to be is the one in five. Yeah. So you've got to sort of ask them all. You don't yeah. know which one's going to say, well, I would like to know more. Yeah. We had a, a member of our church family. Uh, we've just had a, a mission week with Paul Williams. He's come down to, to Eastbourne oh, yeah. and, and done a, a number of different events. And uh, uh, one of the events was a curry that was put on simply through the friends of one of our members who asked 80 of uh, his wow. friends personally from the rowing wow. club where he was. And he, and he struck out with 60 of them. Um, which, which I'm sure was not fun, but uh, it did yeah. mean that there were 20 non-Christians there. Well, and actually, that's about, interestingly, what Talking Jesus, the survey, yeah. um, says. Do yeah. look up Talking Jesus. It's immensely yeah, it encouraging. Good. I mean, what's great is that is that 67% of people like one of their Christian friends. They actually yeah. say, he's a good guy. Yeah. Yeah. Um, now, interestingly, of that 67%, if you said to them, okay, how many of you think that friend you know is homophobic? Yeah. The answer is 6%. Yeah, vanishingly so we've done a mag- yeah. We've done a magnificent job in repenting of the homophobia. Yeah. I mean, in the churches, yeah. it really used to be a problem. People are much more sensitive now. Yeah. It doesn't mean we're not orthodox, but we're sensitive. And I mm-hmm. think that survey's been a real encouragement. So I would recommend people to, to, to find it and, 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 and look it up, because I find it's great to encourage people with it. Well, exactly. And, and it stops us from disqualifying ourselves from evangelism before we've even begun. Because you, yeah. you ask most Christians, you know, how many non-Christians do you think consider us homophobic? And they'd probably think it's 96%. Yeah, exactly. Um, and it and it, that's us. a major narrative. And actually, yeah. I'm, I'm now trying to get in touch with people like Stonewall and others saying, look, give us credit, please, because we've worked really hard. Please give us credit for mm. how hard we're working yeah. to make sure that, that we are loving and being authentic. Yeah, yeah. Um, yeah. Brilliant. So what's been the response to uh, Honest Evangelism? It's, it's been out for, how long has it been out for? Uh, about a year, year and a half. All right, yeah. Um, well, I, I think the worst response was my wife, who, who <laughs> um, says that the word honest and recotize shouldn't be on the same front oh. page. But it's quite funny, when I was writing it with her, um, because I was, made it, I, was, I was on sabbatical and meant to do it to all the foot, during the Football World Cup, but of course I was, I was watching the football. So, <laughs> so we then had to do it over half term while her parents took the kids. And after about six days, I said, oh, darling, isn't this lovely? Here we are writing this together. She said, I hate you and I hate this book. So that was a very warm response. To... No, I mean, Glenn, that's, I, that's I an honest evangelist wife. Yeah, <laughs> I think people are getting those two. I think the, the, the thing the book has done that has really resonated is it says, look, let's be honest, we're going to get hostility if we tell mm-hmm. people the truth. Mm-hmm. But some people will be very hungry. Yes. And I think the fact that I've said, look, there's going to be hostility, let's just be honest about that. But nevertheless, be honest with the non-Christian about what the gospel is. 
honest with a Christian about the hostility, honest with a non-Christian about, let's be straight, that there are eternal issues here, and Jesus stands between us and, and eternity. You know, I, I, that that's where it's resonated, and I, you know, I think we've been delighted with the number of people that have bought the book and done it in reading groups, but, but that's the thing about being in a local church and doing the work in a local church. You know, the laboratories, my local church here, mm. the stuff I find that people are hitting here is authentic for me. So I write a book. I'm not saying that'll be authentic around the country, but at least it's authentic in the little laboratory I'm in. And I think that's what people want. Yes. Yeah. And it clearly has resonated with many, many people. So, Well, it uh, wasn't written from the desk. It was written yeah, from yeah. one-to-one work. And, you know, it was, it's not, I, I do get frustrated with people who produce Christian material. And then you find that they're just not engaged. You know, where, are they in their local church, these mm-hmm. people who write this? Are they battling on the front line? And if mm-hmm. they're not, mm-hmm. how am I meant to believe that this has been tried and tested? Yeah, yeah, a good word. Let's let's shift gear from uh, Honest Evangelism, which is a book for the Christian uh, to equip them in their evangelism, to Capturing Gods, um, yes. which is a good old-fashioned evangelistic book, which, I mean, they're yeah. not all that common these days, evangelistic books, are they? Well, I think the, the the big thing I've learned is it's got to be much shorter than I'd like it to be. So yeah. I think we've learned that if you give people a short little book, they actually think, well, I could have a look at that. Yeah. But you yeah. might want to write a longer book, but actually that's too much for the modern person. So, yeah. you know, these books are 50, 60 pages mm-hmm. of a little A5 sort of book. And, and I, I, you know, the publishers, the good book company, have been very helpful in steering that. And so we, I did a little Christmas book, yeah. very different Christmas about, you know, Christmas with the Trinity. And I, this is an Easter book on the same thing because it's sort of one pound and you can give it to a mate and they can have a little read because that's probably what they've got the capacity for. Yes, yeah. So it's called Capturing God, the Surprising yeah. Image that Reveals the Truth About God. So what is the surprising image that reveals the well, truth about of, God? Of, of course it's the cross. Mm. You know, can you believe that when we look at the creator God who made the world, we're looking at a man naked, crucified? Mm. And then it's asking, as you see the cross, what do you see? And it's the different things that the cross teaches us. So, you know, for example, the compassion of Jesus who says, Father, forgive them. They don't know what they do of the people murdering him. Mm. You know, what do you what do you make of that? It's it's justice. Mm. It's it's do you realize that God is just he had to judge all sin, which he does at the cross, but he's also loving mm. so how are those two how do those two meet up at the cross? How can God be love and but also judge all sin? Well, yes. here we are, we come to the cross so it's it's you know it's trying to say these are the different camera angles mm. of the cross. How do they resonate with you yeah, and do you find that in evangelism that that's a a kind of a surprising, captivating angle to come in on to say, actually, the God I'm talking about is pictured by a man with his arms outstretched to the world, bleeding to death. Um, is, is that is that element of surprise? Well, of course, is that, of course. Is that how, I mean, it's, it's it's extraordinary to people, but but it is it is this picture of weakness. Mm, yeah, you know, and I I think that is very compelling, and it's a picture of suffering. Yes. So you know, if someone has suffered, we say God is not just sympathetic to suffering; He's empathetic. Mm. He has sent His Son to suffer. So it's, it, it, and, and yeah, I know. I mean, that's it's a glorious privilege to be presenting Jesus. But you've got to believe that God is opening blind eyes because it does look ridiculous to the world yes. as you present someone who's 
suffering and dying and saying the whole of life is about him. But um, yes. Yes. And, and therefore, the heart of it really, again, is trying to help people see their sin. If they see their sin, they'll see the need for either to pay for it themselves in hell or let someone else pay for them. And, you know, I think, again, with the book, there's a constant effort to try and awaken people to the seriousness of sin. Mm-hmm that that they would then go to the cross. Mm. And did the book come out of talks that you'd given in the past, or did you write this fresh? Yeah, talks, really. I mean, I, I, I write it very much with Carl Lafferton at the Good Book Company, and, and he sort of listened to lots of Easter talks I'd given and said, look, look there was, there's one from Luke at the, on, on the different pictures of the cross, you know, the snapshots of the cross, the soldiers, uh, how... They see the cross, the religious authorities, how they do it, the centurion, you know. Let's let's try and pick something up from those snapshots mm. and and actually see how people engage with, with those different views of the cross. What do they make of them? Yeah. And what do you what do you hope will happen with the book? Um well I hope it'll be a great tool for I hope Christians will get it and feel confident that it's a short little book they can give to their friends and have a chat. But again, it goes back to, we had another interview, the one-to-one work, you know, word ministries from the front, mm. small group, one-to-one and at home. On one-to-one, you can give the book, but actually with where people are at, you need then to say, what did you think about it? Do you want to know more? Should we open the Bible together? So, you know, these tools are all very well, but they have to be followed up by relationship, which is what Uncover has taught us in the student world. It's been a wonderful result from Uncover yes. in terms of how many Christians have come to faith through it. But it's because oh, there's been an interpersonal relationship that it's fostered. Yes. So you want this to sort of stir up conversations with your non-Christian friends, and then yeah, for, I to think lead so. on. Just to, saying, look, yeah. that, you know what? Just you, what did you make of that book about capturing God? What did you think of the different views of the cross? Yes. You know, what, what do you make of sin? Now, that's those are pain line questions. Now, just to say again, as I said in another interview, you know. Matthew 10 exit if they go silent you go silent mm-hmm. but if they start talking you keep asking questions mm-hmm. so mm-hmm. shake the dust off your feet if they say nothing you know they just shrug you say nothing but if they're talking get them to keep talking say yes. to them come on a Christian export course come to Alpha yes and the worst that can happen in our culture is that you get the raised eyebrow you know in some cultures you get the raised fist so I yeah think well that's right you know. I mean they're going to go silent on you mm-hmm. and, and therefore you know, go back to celebrating them and serving them. You know, yes. they're, they're mates, celebrate them, keep asking questions about their life, serve them, how can you help them? Yeah. That's what we do. So you, yeah. you've been getting into books and that sort of thing a little bit more in the in, in the recent years. Um, where, where do you see sort of book writing and the place of evangelistic literature in, in the ministry of an evangelist? Well, if you give a talk, you've got to give people something to go on hearing the Word of God with. Mm-hmm. And that can be a course, but they might not be able to come on a course. That might be a book. Now, all of that is helping the Christian who's bringing their friend just keep doing the work of the evangelist, mm-hmm. which is which is of getting the word of God into people's hands. So I suppose it's that. It's just getting behind the sphere of communicating this in different ways. But, um, you know, I've found that an awful lot of people will give a friend or a relation a book, and they might well read that book. And, you know, that that discharges the, the debt of saying, look, I, I, I've tried to tell you. Yes, yeah. So uh, Capturing God is going to come out uh, for Easter 
and uh, wanting to prepare Christians to be able to have this resource to, to, to hand out to others. There'll be quite a few people who will be preparing Easter sermons and talks and that sort of thing. What would you want to advise us um, as evangelists, as preachers, as we approach Easter? What should we be thinking of? What should we be preaching about at Easter that will really connect with our hearers? Oh, bro, mate, you know, I think that that moment when it goes dark, well, wow. the darkness at the crucifixion, because mm. the darkness is a sign of God's judgment. Mm. You know, it was dark from 12 until 3, and um, that darkness is the sign of judgment. So God's anger is resting on Jesus. Mm. The darkness is a sign of God's anger, his judgment. Who is he angry with? Amazingly, his anger is poured onto Jesus. Mm. who cries out, my God, my God, why have you forsaken me? So he is forsaken, so we need never be. Mm. But I do think explaining the wrath of God, the judgment of God, is crucial to understanding, you know, what, what is happening here. Mm. So I'm, I'm always trying to stand up and winsomely say, there is a problem, we are rebels in God's world. And again, getting people lost so that they long to be saved. And mm. again, that's culturally difficult because we're not meant to tell people they're rebels everyone's a victim but actually mm. we are rebels and and god judges and then on on the character of god in the bible god's judgment is not, not set up in opposition to his goodness mm. god's judgment is proof he's good because yeah. he's good he judges because there's got to be a final settling up yes yes so i i would i would say that i think if you get what happened with the darkness if you can explain the darkness on that good friday mm. then then suddenly what Jesus did becomes so extraordinary. Yeah. And then on Easter Sunday, what, what are we saying about resurrection that's going to connect with people? Oh, Glenn, you know what? I, I mean, that's a great question. I always feel I'm a bit weak on the resurrection. <laughs> but um, but I, I think that the risen Christ, the resurrection is the, is the enthronement of Jesus. It is the proof he's king. Mm. And because he's king, he's alive now, I can know him. Mm-hmm. Because he's king, he's at the head of history. Because he's king, he is the judge. Mm. Because he's king, um, uh, it, it, it means that um, all of creation will submit to him. Mm. So it's getting people to see what it means that he is, you know, that, 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 that thing that he is risen, he's not here. What does that mean? Have you got your head around that? Mm-hmm. Um, because he's king, he, he can, he, it's shown that um, sin has been paid for. Yes. Um, you know, yeah. my sin takes me to the cross. The resurrection means the result of sin, which is death, is dealt with by by Jesus rising. So, you know, all those things are just huge mm. in terms of um, yeah. what the resurrection means. I don't think you're weak on the resurrection at all. I remember it, it will be 20 years ago this Easter. Uh, I heard you at All Souls Leg and Place, and you were preaching on Easter Sunday, and I think your your text was Luke twenty four, and it was the couple on the road to Emmaus, and I'll, uh, and, I'll nice st- road. Yeah. and I'll still I'll, I'll always remember uh, you talking about you know the you know Jesus doesn't throw off the the the, the cloak and say it's me yeah. it's me but you know he he opens up the scriptures and their hearts burn within yeah. them and and funnily enough that sort of sent me back to my Bible and my heart did burn within me as I yeah met with the risen Christ in Scripture. Um, and yeah. yeah, I can, I can, I can trace a lot of things back to that that Easter Sunday sermon. So thank you for uh, thank well, you. Well, I'm, I'm, I stole it off John Chapman, the Australian <laughs> evangelist. So I think it was a good one because I repeated what he'd said. 
He's dead now, so I don't think he'd mind me taking it. No. What's his line? He always <laughs> Sorry, says, I've, I've never had an original idea in my life. So, yes, he's... Uh, yeah. Oh, brilliant. Well, yeah. it's been brilliant chatting with you, Rico. And, Thanks, Glenn. Um, and uh, love to point people towards honest evangelism and uh, capturing God. Get that by the bucket load. Give it to friends. Use it in Easter services. And, uh, and let's get the word of the cross out there. Yes, and be prepared to cross the pain line. It's going to be nerve-wracking as we say the tough things. Yes, yes. And as we go through that cross, there is a resurrection on the other side and and God's power at work. Brilliant. Great chatting with you, Rico. Thanks, Glenn. God bless. Okay, cheers, mate. Bye-bye. That was Rico Tice talking to Glenn earlier. Uh, As previously mentioned, you can get this book from the uh, Good Book Company and we'll have links for it on the show notes for this episode which is speaklife.org.uk slash TEP152 if you can't remember that just go to speaklife.org.uk slash TEP and there's a complete episode list there so you can click on the right one I'd like also to say that we've uh, just released our January update on email if you haven't already joined the Speak Life emailing list then uh, you can do so on uh, our website speaklife.org.uk Dot uk and we'll send you a link to the latest update gives you information about uh, what what glenn has been doing and uh, some resources and that that we can point you to if you like listening to the evangelist podcast and want to do us a favor could i ask if you could leave us a rating and review on itunes just go to speaklife.org.uk slash itunes and click on the link to review us uh, i think this has to be done either on your iphone or ipad or actually on the desktop version of iTunes. I don't think you can do it on the iTunes website. Um, But if you have um, an Apple device or iTunes on your PC or Mac, then you can do it there. And we very much appreciate it if you could do that. And we'll read the review on podcast on a future episode. So thanks again for your support and for your encouraging emails that we get from time to time. It gives us motivation to keep going and making content that's helpful and that for building up Christians. So uh, I think that's it. Thanks very much for listening and see you next time. Mm-hmm.